Okay. Got it. I didn't Paul ask Manu if we were... Nance. Coutinho's just scored. Oh, has he? Oh, good lad. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> um, <laughs> but is Azpilicueta playing? Because I didn't check the teams. Yeah, Azpilicueta's playing, yeah. Oh, well, that's bollocks, because Reggion bagged and these men are scored. Oh, you so. fuck off. Ash assist, Coutinho goal. Oh, that's the dream. Phil's going to love that. Dream. Phil's going to love all this Cash Coutinho chat. Oh, sorry. Cash. Kid Cash scored, did he? <laughs> Kid Cash. <laughs> Um, cast assisted Coutinho Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. That's, that's pretty great. Good. That's yeah. pretty good. If we were that's doing the, best, the old, that's the best I'll get. Phil, leave it in. <laughs> if we were doing the old cold openings, Coutinho Marshall would definitely be. It'd be that. Then we'd laugh. Then it would be the intro. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Brothers, sisters, gender resistors, welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. I am your host, Big Laddie Cool, Matt Connolly. Last time I hosted this, which was episode 44, I forgot to do... My own name in the intro, which is real schoolboy. <laughs> but luckily, this is my second rodeo. So I've managed to remember my own name this time. And I've got two fantastic guests. The same crew joined me last time to talk through the world of wrestling. First up, JCH, James Harris. How are you, my man? Very good, thanks. Nice to see you again. Second time of the week. Yes, Watch exactly. More, more common than we're used to. Uh, usually it's just a Zoom chat, but we managed to get to some live wrestling, which we'll talk about in a bit. Hoping you enjoyed it. I think you did. Very and so. let's not uh, let's not forget the other man, the third man this week, Matt Brom Bromit. How are you, my man? I mean, I'm sick in a bad way, but I'm hoping my takes are so sick in a good way that I'm net good sick rather than net bad sick for the <laughs> listeners. You are absolutely down with the kids with the use of sick in 2020. So, <laughs> using the uh, three-man analogy in wrestling, if you're sick, uh, so about you, Draws, and me and uh, Conman, the Roy Warriors 2000. <laughs> I'll take that, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy with being either hawk or animal, so... Can I oh, wait. be the one who's... No, I don't want to be the one who was... Well, wasn't one of them dead and the other one John Laurinaitis? I think Brum's won. I'm, I'm, just for the record, <laughs> neither of them are John Laurinaitis. One of them's his brother. Yeah, animal is the brother, <laughs> right? No, How have you gone through thinking that John Laurinaitis was in LOD? <laughs> no, so so yeah, so it's 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 whichever one's in LOD's kid played for the LA Rams, and I, I mean, thought and I, got, and, I, and I was like, it's not him who was the wrestler. So I thought, yeah, no. What's the football league do the LA Rams play? <laughs> <laughs> they don't play at all now. They play no, they do. They're back in LA now. Yeah, they play in the they're the NFL Super Bowl champions this year. Oh, are they? Well, well done, well done to any LA, LA Rams fans. James, you can, you can be Hawk. Bergen, but... I'll let you be. You can be Hawk because um, you're drinking and he was an alcoholic. And I can be Animal because he is one of the best hot tags ever. Uh, anyway, I wanted to also say, and I'm sure you guys are the same, well done to Ross on an excellent episode 45. Brilliant interview with, and I don't want to butcher the pronunciation, Brum, so pull me up on it if I'm wrong. Jeff Molino or is it Molyneux? I mean, I mean, he got his first and last name wrong. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. From pull me up on it. What's his actual name? It's uh, it's Jim Molyneux. There By the way, go. for listeners that aren't aware, come on, I wouldn't say hates ECW, but it's not really your shizzle, is it, mate? It's not my bag. I watched some ECW as a kid, but it's not my bag. I don't know much about the name. So as I've just orchestrated brilliantly. So you're, I'm happy I've got Brom here to correct me. You're a big, you're a big Jeff Molino fan, though. So we've. Oh, I loved him. I mean, he, he'll, he'll turn up at Ignite soon, so he'll be fine. Uh, and also, uh, get well soon to our normal host, Dom. A bit under the weather at the moment. I mean, wrestling should be fun generally since we're under the weather. I know you said you're a bit ill, Brum, but yeah, get well soon, Dom. He's much better at this than me, as my pronunciation think, has just proven. I think Jeff Molino is the uh, ref on Pro Evo. <laughs> <laughs> he might be on the call-up sheet. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I think quickly on that, though, I think we can do a quick shout-out to that, but just because none of us were directly involved, so we're not licking our own asses. But I, I, I genuinely loved that interview. I thought it was, it was brilliant. Brilliant hour. As is every single podcast that yeah. we put out, obviously. Uh, let's smash so, it out of the park tonight, lads. Let's, uh, 
let's make Ross wish he was interviewing us three last week. Some absolute top tier content will be coming to you. Don't worry. Uh, we're on all the <laughs> socials as well. Last time, again, I did it at the end. I feel like you've got, you've got to get people at the start. Uh, you're probably following this on the Twitter, which is at WSBFUN. Uh, you're probably following on the Insta. Wrestling should be fun. And you're probably following us on Spotify or one of the other social media platforms where people listen to stuff. Uh, wrestling should be fun. But just in case you're not, just following. Wrestling should be fun. You'll find us. We're great lads. Let's get on with my idea this week for the call-up sheet. Okay, I came up with an idea and it was uh, influenced by Brum. You said to me the other week, Brum, and we both shared a bit of our love for Chuck Taylor's fake names, right? Yeah. So I have now written down all 29 of Chuck Taylor's fake names, and we are going to find gimmicks for six of them. Now, some of them obviously are very self-explanatory, but if you guys just give me a number, I'll go back and forth with you, and we'll come up with what we think the gimmick is for the names Chuck Taylor came up with. Does that sound like a fun idea? Obviously, it's a wrestling should be fun idea. Right. That response has filled me with great confidence. Okay, James, you can go first, mate. Any number, 1 to 29. Uh, Number 10, please, comment. Number 10, I need you to find a gimmick for new in town, Luke Wilcox. Uh, so, new in town, Luke Wilcox, uh, clearly a left footer. Um, <laughs> so He's it, alienated all of our American audience. So. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. You didn't call out for the, the LA Rammy boys or whatever they're yeah. called. But... That probably got cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, he's, he's obviously a debut. Um, he's got to be debuting this day, Luke Wilcox. His finish is a big left-footed punt, which during which he tears his hamstring about 10 minutes into his debut, similar to Jason Wilcox's England career. What a shame that was. He could have solved the left-sided problem, right? Exactly. I might have confused him with Stuart Ripley there, to be fair. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Uh, Brom, anything to add or do you want to give me a number? Um, I, so I, I saw it. It reminded me a bit of, and I know that, you don't believe ECW existed, Matt. But the um, <laughs> but in the in the latter days of ECW, um, Chili Willie, I think, actually got mentioned on on last week's pod. He had a gimmick. I'm I'm 98 sure it was him that had the gimmick. Was like everyone's favorite homeboy, and no matter which place that he, he, he uh, which which venue or which town he, he went in, that's where he was declared that he was from. Um, I like the idea that new in town Luke Wilcox is the opposite. And he's just, wherever he goes to, he's built from a different place, arguably a rival town, even when he goes to his hometown. It's like doubling down on that WWE trope where a guy always gets beat in his hometown. They actually just take his hometown away from him. There was a guy who used to wrestle in, uh, when I had to watch a couple of shows, in one in Newport and one in Exeter when I was a young a younger lad. And there was this wrestler, this skinny, long-haired ginger wrestler called Ivor Biggin. He was always billed from the rival town just to get the heat. He was from like Cardiff, and then he was from next time I saw him, he was from Plymouth. I was like, hang on, I've a bigger, and I've seen you before. You were, unless you've relocated recently. That's the sort of gimmick Luke Wilcox is running. He can run any town. Brum, a number? Uh, three, please. Three. Okay, three. You've got Boomer Scarborough. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you actually look at the demographics of people from Scarborough, they are quite boomery. Yeah, they? yeah. You do he like feels that. very ripress. He feels very ripress, yeah. not ripress. Yeah. I'm not. I'm Scarborough is arguably my closest coastal town when I'm back at home with a with the parents and it is in in morrissey's worlds the uh the coastal town that they forgot to burn down it's um yeah so that that is literally what boomer scarborough is it's one of the it's it's uh proper like they'd have a, a union jack flag on most of their attire 
They'd be a bit like when Doug Williams did his Mr. Brexit gimmick. That's how I see Boomer Scarborough. <laughs> Hang on. Bang on. James, anything to add to that? I don't think I can add to that, Finish. Fair. I'm going to make that joke again. Scarborough, fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> James, number. Oh, um, I'll take Jason Wilcox's number 11. As he's number 11. Brand. Number 11's a good one. Danny Double Dip Dawkins. <laughs> These are just copied and pasted in the order he put them up, so... I mean, <laughs> there's a couple of different ways you can go with this, but um, I'm thinking he's just this annoying guy at a party. You know, it's a big party. There's there's chips, there's dip, various things, carrot sticks, blue cheese. And, he's, you know, he, he is double dipping. He's dipping it, eat, taking a bite, and he's putting it back in. And that's how he gets heel heat, by just pissing everyone off. He invites all the fans around for, like a, for a chip and dip party. He goes around double dipping in the chips. Maybe double dip some other places. I don't know. You can use your imagination. Definitely a heel. Yeah, I'm getting. Uh, until you said the last bit, I was getting SmackDown backstage segment out of him. Then, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brum, anything to add to double dip? I think he's the manager of a tag team called <laughs> Double Dip. Oh. Um, and I'm thinking double dip. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep this as family-friendly as possible. <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, because if you remember, Double Dip, the Swizzles, the UK uh, sweet again, alienating all our LA Rami fans. But the, um, it was like an old school, I don't know if they still exist, but there's old school British sweets. And that was half orange, half cherry. So I think the tag team is going to be an intergender tag team of Orange Cassidy and Cherry, who used to manage Juice and Dominic. <laughs> This fella, who I've actually forgot his full name and surname, is going to be their manager. Uh, yeah, behind that. Also, I feel like Danny is such a great first name for a wrestler. I can't think of many of some men, but I feel like Danny, there's a bunch of Dannys working every card. I think, I... I think basically, when I went to um, all the shows in like 2003 in Leeds, I think... All like well, all the wrestlers were called like Danny, and then followed by <laughs> a surname like Chaos or yes. Havoc or Mayhem or Menace. Exactly, um, and that was it. That was just what the card was. Danny Duggan, Danny <laughs> Danny Birch is the one that's coming to mind as well. Danny Jones, Danny Doreen, Dan Maloney. I know it's not Danny, but I'm having it. Danny um, Davis. Do you reckon you'd get smacked if at the next Progress show you went up to Dan Maloney and slapped him on his back and said, "Hey, up, Danny." <laughs> Great match, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't think he'd be into that. Brom, you've got a number for me. Oh, yeah, I'm trying not to repeat one. Um, Steve McManaman's original number at Liverpool, 17. 17. Okay. Space <laughs> homie, Mike Smith. <laughs> These are just so good. I, right, my idea for him is actually the... Uh, he's like... The promoter is always trying to get him to come out in a like an astronaut's helmet or something, like G Money did at the, yeah. at the program return show. But he's like, no, it's it's space, as in like space bar, <laughs> space homie. In, and he's like, well, why have you done that? Why do you not call yourself homie, Mike Smith? And it's like, well, actually, if you look in that the way most um, wrestling almanacs order is that um, punctuation goes before A's. So by going space, homie, Mike Smith, I'm at the, the top of the list. That's a, that's a very good explanation. When you first explained that, I was getting head cheese vibes, where it was like Al Snow trying to throw a gimmick on Steve Blackman. So I'm glad <laughs> you explained it. James, unless you've got anything to add, give me a number. You might have something. Well, I, I did. Well, I, when you said space, homie, my immediate thing, uh, image that came to mind was that... Um, when Homer Simpson's in space and like all the uh, crisps are flying everywhere and he's trying to eat all the crisps. Do you know what I mean? Dom's here somewhere. Dom's somewhere listening going, again, stop getting Simpsons wrong. But <laughs> stop getting Simpsons wrong. I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Brums was good. Let's leave it at that. I thought he was in then. I thought Dom turned up for a couple of seconds then, James. <laughs> uh, number, James, number. Uh, I will go with number of the greatest striker never to play for England, Matt Janssen, number 15. 15. Okay. Oh, 15's an absolute banger, by the way. Like, they're all bangers, but this one's one of my favourites. Bareback Benny Fig. Bareback Benny Fig. What's he up to? 
I think basically his gimmick is he goes around um, he sort of filming vignettes of him going around uh, bar toilets, just smashing in condom machines and setting things on fire. <laughs> what company is this happening? <laughs> Easy W. <laughs> <laughs> Right, um, anything a bit more PG, or are we going with that? You know how, like, uh, how Zack Ryder used to like to titillate people by having one leg out. I, uh, I think bareback Betty Fig would have like wear like a, a full like gold dust style bodysuit, but have his his back out. He'd <laughs> come so out to bring in sexy back by uh, Justin Timberwolf fella. I know. So the, the crowd are going to give a slow bear back, bear back every time he wrestles, I'm guessing, right? And he's going to get infuriated at that. Just by the way, Benny Fig is such a good name. <laughs> Benny but Fig ben... is the, better than the bear back bit, I would argue. <laughs> Benny Fig uh, played uh, inside forward for Derby County in the 40s, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he got 100 goals. <laughs> yeah, they were all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> in two seasons. Brum, final number, mate. Uh, in, in the words of Fat Boy Slim, uh, number one, so I try harder. Okay, number one hasn't got uh, a little nickname to go with it, but it's a good name still. Pud Nelson. Is that P-U-G? Pud. Two Ds, though. So, Pud or Pud? I'd say Pud. Pud? Pud Nelson, then. But I think American yeah. would be Pud. P-U-D-D. So, uh, you pronounce it how you want, Brum. What gimmicks are you having? In um in honour of an honour is a is a stretch, but of someone <laughs> else who followed a U with a double D, I think I'm I think it should be model of Pud Nelson, <laughs> and he's basically um, everything about him is horrendous early noughties. Okay. So whether it be his his music and his style, that kind of like greasy blonde centre part in that basically <laughs> no one achieved post Kurt Cobain and maybe the fellow from Hanson. He'd look like that. <laughs> yeah, he does feel very... Um, he's very Rufus Aggression sounding, isn't he? Yeah, he, he would be. Like, one of the almost shit interchangeable wrestlers that they brought through then that were, like, trying to be cool. What culture have got a video, 10 wrestlers you don't remember? I'm pretty sure he's on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he should come out in wellies as well. No, he'd look like... He'd look like uh, my favourite wrestler of all time... His, I don't even know his name, but his nickname, he won tough enough and his nickname was Silent Rage. And he was the most <laughs> embarrassing human being ever born. Is that Andy Levine? That's him. Oh, my God. <laughs> just everything about him was just, like, so cringe. It was like, I'm, like, I'm generally not bad at cringe. Like, British office is, like, maybe my favorite thing. But I just had to hide behind the sofa every time I was on TV because it was like it was like cringe comedy pushed beyond any any reasonable level yeah just found Silent my, Rage Andy Levine my He's mastermind a... subject next shock mastermind tough enough I forgot I'd watched him all about four times <laughs> why don't I ever pick that <laughs> well hopefully when you do that you're tough enough or tough enough one of the two a uh, little Ed <laughs> Miliband throwback for you all there um, okay <laughs> that's what the rest of the Should Be Fun podcast is resorted to now uh, we can do another one of them on, on a week when Ross doesn't send me the call-up sheet. We'll go through a few more of uh, Chuck Taylor's amazing list. We still have some amazing so, ones. I mean, we I'm going to do a real call-up sheet, have we, between us? No, but I'm going to give you one just off the bat that we. Sh- I'm really gutted we didn't get to number 23, which is Six Dicks Deep, David O'Neill. But um, next time, maybe si- next time Six Dicks will get the, get the call-up. Bareback can be a... Six dicks and bareback. <laughs> rough tag team. Yeah. Rough tag team. Six, six dicks deep. And that's, and that's, and that's double dip. That's if double dips be managing. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that six dicks deep, David O'Neill, has just won a gauntlet match against six Richards. <laughs> I, think, I think the best part about six dicks deep is that his name's David O'Neill. Like, it's such a bland name to go with such an ambitious sort of... Uh, brag got, got sent off in a playoff final um, well I hope the listener enjoyed that let's get on to what the nerds are watching I've been watching you a la 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 long a la 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 long 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 come on a la 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 long a la 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 long 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 
Okay, guys, Bram, I hope you don't feel I'm being too rude, but I wanted to start um, with my local promotion, Ignite Wrestling. I know you've been before with me. Uh, they put on their second show in Bournemouth. It's very niche considering the world of wrestling. But uh, me and James had an absolute blast at it on Sunday in the little town of Bournemouth where I live. And James, I was just going to open up. What did you think of the whole experience in the library of Bournemouth? I bloody loved it, mate. Such a good time. I was like, yeah. It was uh, really enjoyable, like a different style of show, like the, the crowd different than what I'm used to. Even when I was going to smaller shows in like the Resgal, they were sort of evening shows and it's sort of late, uh, I think it's an 18 plus venue, stuff like Eve and IWL and stuff. So it was a completely different kind of show and it was just interesting to see uh, the way the crowd were, uh, which we'll touch on later, just like the different ages of people in the crowd, the way people work. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was it was great fun. Appreciate the invite. No, Did no, no the pale on. We had it on this time, mate. Yeah, took well, about four know. hours to pour a pint. But I've got a couple of other questions as, as well. What did they have the Tunnock's tea cakes on? Yeah, yeah, cracking. What about and, ca- and caramel wafers? <laughs> Class. Did they have two uh, fellas of uh, indeterminate age dressed as Spider Man? No, oh, the Spider-Men <laughs> weren't there this time, Brum, which was oh, greatly that's missed. A dis- that's a disappointment. All the rest <laughs> was there. And Camden Hills and Camden Paleow, £4 a pint. RevPro, take note from Borenwood Wrestling, Ignite, because they had a bar that worked and people could actually I, get a beer at. In the lovely pub opposite, the Wishing Well, I ordered a double tequila soda. The bar lady was so excited because she never said she'd never seen anyone order it before. And it only cost me £6.90. Absolute great times. Also, I, I should add on to that, James. You're the first person to walk into that pub and not order Foster's or Guinness. So well done on that. <laughs> um, but in terms of the wrestlers that day, James, was there anyone that you wanted to uh, give a shout out to? Anyone on the card that you hadn't seen, maybe you thought worked well? Yeah, I, I, I thought the, um, the the heels stood out for me just because like they were interacting with the crowd, you know, giving it back. What's his name? Machine Gun Tommy Kelly. Where was Tommy Coyle? Oh, Corey McRae, was it? Corey McRae. No, no, Top, Gu- Top Gun, Tommy Co- Kyle. Tommy, Tommy Kyle. Kyle, Tommy Kyle. Tommy Top Gun, Kyle. Tommy Kyle. Uh, yeah, he, he was just giving it back to the crowd. He, Emily Blinder, he mugged you off at time. Yeah, he did. He uh, <laughs> um, so I should. I think we said before, and Brom, you'll remember Tommy Kyle, the Top Gun gimmick. He has the best yeah. insult in wrestling. When the crowd give him jip about uh, being a bad person, he just shouts, I'm winning. Which he is did that. Just, he did that in the first yeah. show. I, I like yeah. That, yeah, which I think is just the best comeback. He's like, you idiot, I'm winning. I just, I, I can't get over how great a comeback that is. He's great. He's like, he lost to uh, Laura Di Matteo in the opener, which was a really fun one to get the crowd excited. Yeah, and I say like, um, yeah, Corey McRae rally, he was good. Forrest Hayes, it was teddy bear. I've been thinking about this, actually. Well, I was thinking about what my, my friend Ella behind me said when she said, when Danny Black suplexed his teddy bear, and she was like, well, don't go after the bear, because that makes him mad. Also... That's a proper dick heel move, Danny Black. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I should explain for the listener and also for Brum that... So Danny Black suplexed Forrest Hayes' teddy bear because Forrest Hayes is a bit insane and he loves his teddy bear. And the girl behind made this comment. Uh, James has picked up the name brilliantly. And James just turned around and gave her a very polite nod to this 12, 13-year-old girl and said, yeah, fair point. Don't say it like that. <laughs> no, no. Not in, not in a weird way, in a lovely way. In a, yeah, no, you've made a great point there. That is a fantastic point. I wanted to say about Forrest Hayes, I think on the card, uh, Corey McRae in the main against Warren Banks was fantastic. He, uh, Bram, you know him as well. Great. But, uh, I, I, I was I was actually, apart from seeing you lads and having a couple of cheeky tunnocks tea cakes while the wife's not watching, was apart from that, <laughs> the main thing that I saw and was good about not, not going to show that was Banks versus um, McRae. Because, I mean, well, who doesn't love Warren Banks? is incredible. But I, I was blown away by McRae at the last show. I thought he was a fantastic talent. And I think for him to get... Um, the, and it was interesting because I think he's quite good mates with um, Joe Lando, who got a, uh, was at the last Progress. So I was hoping that as, as they're part of the same crew, we might even get McRae on the on Progress soon. So I think he's brilliant. Yeah, I hope so. He, he was really good again. I think James would agree. That main event uh, delivered. Yeah, definitely. I, think, definitely. I think the standard of wrestling was actually like really high like for, for a, a kids-friendly show just outside of London in Hertfordshire. Like, no one went half measures. Everyone did their job. I'll repeat myself, but Forrest Hayes, who wrestled Danny Black, really impressed with him. Really strong finish to his match. He hit really hard. Um, I'm not sure if the gimmick's 100% there yet with this teddy bear thing, but as an actual worker in the ring, 
he really caught uh, caught my eye. James, would you agree on Forest Hayes? He's a guy that's going to yeah, definitely. I literally, he was in the, they, their, their qualifier was the first half main, wasn't it? And I went out looking for his T-shirt. Like, literally, like, people who know me know I like to buy a T-shirt. Some people are impressed with it shows, especially ones I haven't seen before. And I literally, yeah, he didn't have any, but I was looking to buy a Forest Hayes T-shirt at half-time. Ideally with the teddy bear on. Yeah, true heel. Well, boo, yeah, boo him and then just buy his merch to support him. Don't no, he's, a, heel. he's a true heel. He gives all his money to the <laughs> raffle instead. It's a real heel, that yeah. Um, Which I yeah, might have uh, won the raffle, but we don't know because we missed the bloody draw in the vehicle. Yeah, that's true. Also, uh, CJ Carter and Nino Bryant, the homeboys, getting beaten in their hometown of Bournemouth, like, genuinely upset me. Wasn't happy with that. Uh, but the rebellion, the heel tag team they faced, don't know much about them. They were class. Really good. Uh, James, I've got not much off. else to say apart from say how great night wrestling in Boreham Wood is. Have you got anything come in for the first time? No, I'd, I'd definitely go again. I'd, I had a great time. Really enjoyed it. About 13 quid bargain. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I did want to touch on um, on the on the crowd that obviously me and you discussed during the time. And I feel it is a wrestling should be fun matter. So yeah, just to tell, to tell the story... But there was a group of lads, probably about four lads. I recognise them from Eve shows, IWL, and probably some of the bigger shows as well. But just chanty boys that like to just start chants. Some are good, some are bad, you know, that's just the way it is. But they were starting these chants, getting the atmosphere going, and like, which was which we need in it when it's show, when like, a lot of kids, the kids joined in, they were loving it. And then the row in front of us was a, another group of boys, or lads, like ad- adults, who were trying to... In the first half, I'd say they were trying to get their own chance going. They won't have as much success. And so they decided that they were just going to be really, like, snarky and dickish to any time the lads on you know, the, the other side started anything, which was sort of one of the, one of the really good parts of the show because you've got everyone chanting along. Obviously, the kids didn't know the chance. So, like, these boys just start, And they, they even changed, like, they changed fucking to something else. They changed shit to something else. You know, so the kids... They made like kid-friendly chants, and I thought it was a bit of a bad attitude. Well, you you did especially as well, but like with a lot of eye rolls between us, the lads in front just sort of took it upon themselves to just sort of try and like make loud comments saying oh, that was a crap chant. Whereas it's just like you're not really buying into the fun of it. So yeah, yeah you're not part of Russia's fun. I was disappointed that there was near do well though, because like my thought of Ignite is, I think if Ross ever went, I don't think he'd ever leave. I think he'd just <laughs> on his seat until the next show comes three months later. I think he'd get he'd a love it that much. Really, it's just the epitome of wrestling should be fun, isn't it? It is, and yeah, that was what he definitely would. Yeah. I mean, um, in the main event, as an example of how these guys had mm. just completely given up on the show by then, Corey McRae was beating the tar off of Warren Banks. And obviously, the lads that we're promoting, the, the lads James recognised in the corner, were cheering for Warren Banks. You know, Banks, Warren Banks, the big chant. And they just were not having it. Um, I think there was a chant about Corey, you suck. And they just went, he clearly doesn't suck. Mate, it's for kids. Like, obviously, there's a face and a heel. What are you? And then they proceeded to just do Ronaldo Sue's for the last five minutes of the show, which as adults, I will never condone anywhere, alone in a wrestling show. Well, it, it goes to the point where me, who's not like a big, Chanter and definitely not a chant starter, and, and especially in a show like that, I'm more of a you know, I've got to be, I'll, I'll be clapping along to the chants, and I was like shouting as loud as I could just to piss them off. Yeah, like I was just like because we were literally right next behind them. I was like, right, every time those boys over there start a chant, I'm joining in full whack just to piss these guys off because they're being dickheads. Yeah, and then we, and then Ella started a chant which we carried on just because she we wanted did. just to get her one going because she deserved it. Yeah. Her dad had some questionable chance, but again, he was in the good spirit of it. He called one wrestler EC3, still can't work out why. But overall, I should say, if anyone's listening, like, and they, I'm sure they're not, but if there is, someone who wants to go to a very fun wrestling show, Ignite is the place to go. It is super fun. Baby faces versus heels. 13 quid, four pound a beer. Can't argue with that. But yeah. I had Rebecca tra- travelling all the way from Elstree or even as far as Radlett for it. Yeah, travel further. <laughs> Maybe even St Albans. Maybe even. Um, but anyway, let's stop talking about my small local promotion, which attracts about <laughs> 150 people and probably gets Remember earlier, uh, Conman, when you said, oh, I'm sure me and James can talk for two minutes about <laughs> <laughs> pro half an hour later. <laughs> yeah. Well, those guys do deserve it. It was a fun show. But, Bram, you always watch a gazillion hours of wrestling, or it feels like it. AEW side, because we're going to talk about that later. Anything that caught your eye this week? I've generally not watched anything that wasn't AEW. 
this. Brilliant. <laughs> I've, not, I've not watched any of the uh, the New Japan Cup or, or like that. I've done generally just that. So I've, I've very much enjoyed getting the, the only other wrestling content I've had is you guys speaking about ballroom wood wrestling for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll do another hour, damn it. Well, the only thing I watched then was um, I watched NXT on Tuesday night, um, Roadblock, leading to um, their big show on the day of Mania, Stand and Liver. There were a few points I wanted to make, uh, two mainly. One, and obviously, Brum, I already mentioned this to you because I don't know if you're watching. It looks like we're going to get an A-Kid versus Kushida match. Oh. Yes, please. Oh. I mean, any thoughts on that, Brum? Could that pull you into an episode of NXT 2.0? Uh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely watch that match. Yeah, that, that could be on fucking Mrs. Brown's boys and I'll, I'll put it on. It feels like a blood sporty type match, right? Oh, like just... that sort of, it'll be a very technical, maybe a bit physical. Like, I'm well in for that. Yeah, we'll be, yeah, can't wait. And uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, and I don't, I, I guys who... Alienating six million people in the community though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you guys don't aren't wanna, regular watchers 2.0, but... Um, I'm now... sure you watch Mrs. Brown's boys, Boomer Scarborough. <laughs> He definitely watches. Yeah, I'll get it out eventually. Don't worry. Uh, the champion of 2.0 is Dolph Ziggler. So the developmental territory of WWE now has Dolph Ziggler and Mandy Rose as champions, which is pretty interesting. But Dolph Ziggler, NXT champion, does that drag any of you back in? It drags me further away, if I'm honest. Oh, poor Dolph. He's going to do the job for Bron on first day of Mania. That would be a great match, right? Yeah, but Brett Brom was already the champion, wasn't he? He was, but he's lost it now. He's got something to fight for. Yeah. Like my attitude with it is like, you know how, um, you know, after, you know, you've it's been like seven, eight years since you've been with someone and like, you, you kind of just, you don't really have any feeling there anymore, but you just, they're a good person and you hope they're well. That's how I kind of feel about Dolph Ziggler. Um, Wait, why? <laughs> the way you phrase oh, yeah. that. <laughs> it sounds like my relationship with Ricky Gervais, but yeah, I, 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 I missed a bit. I missed you, right, James? I missed the key bit that, um, and then you uh, you break up with them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's almost like a like a someone that you used to date years ago and you've not seen for a while, but you hope they're well. And I hope because I think as well, Dolph could. You know, in a, a different environment. I know. I know his style with the kind of the overselly stuff puts some people's noses out. But I've got no issues with it, and I, and I think I, I really hope that he can have some lovely matches there. How was the match with Braun? Was it a, was it a triple threat? Yeah, with, yeah. With Champa was thrown into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did read about. It, yeah, was it was it was it was it a good match? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's one that will be breaking any match of the year lists, but it did its job. There was one spot that the internet seemed to go wild about where Bron missed a little leg sweep, but Champa and Ziggler are pros, so they covered for it. Um, even mentioning it, I'll probably give it too much airplay. But generally, yeah, it was a fun triple threat. Um, NXT 2.0 is all about the fun. Like, half of the show is vignettes that hit or miss. Like, there's no in-between. They're either brilliant and hilarious, or why have they booked this? But I like NXT 2.0, and Ziggler Breaker will probably be really good, or at least to my taste. So I was excited for it. Uh, it's a bit different, but I did want to point out that Ziggler and Mandy Rose now hold the two belts of the developmental group. James, any other wrestling besides AW you've watched this week? Um, that didn't happen in Hertfordshire? I don't think I did watch any. I don't even think I caught a 15 minutes of Raw or something when I was flicking through the channels. Let's just leave it no. Cool. And no, <laughs> let's go on with the roundtable then. Let's all talk about AEW. Have you ever... So, AW on fire at the moment, just put out a great pay-per-view. Forgive me, it was Revolution, right? That's how bad I am. I never even remember the name of the pay-per-views. Revolution, right? Correct. Revolution, nine-match card and a pre-show. I'm just going to go straight out. I always like to ask this question first. Brum, favourite match on the card? Um, it's... I'll give the, the boring answer. Punk MJF. But massive nods to the opener... Of, uh, of Jericho Eddie and also Mox versus Dragon. All three could have taken it, but I'm going to be boring and say Punk MJ. Yeah, I had a fake. My favorite spot of the night actually was in the MJF Punk match. I don't think it was my favorite match, but it was definitely in the top three. 
But my favourite spot, and it's a small thing, and it, it sounds like you're being a bit clever when you say stuff like this, but it was when MJF took a second before falling on the thumbtacks. Yeah. Because there was that audience moment of, is he going to yeah. bump on it? And then he goes full yeah. throttle, bang. I just thought yeah. that was absolute perfection. Like, we all know MJF's class, but it just shows how aware he is. He even gave the audience the moment to revel yeah. in how much of a dick he is by landing on those tacks, like, bang on. I just thought that that was my main takeaway from the whole show. It's an absolutely brilliant show. And I was like, man, he is so good, that MJF. Uh, James, equally love this match? I, I was into it, yeah. My, I'd say my moment of the show was obviously uh, Miseria Canter, but... Yeah, yeah, you can talk about that. I'll, I'll be honest, I know no. Brum's in on it. I'm, I'm, I'm one of them dweebs that wasn't in on it, but I could kind of guess what it was. What Was it a bit of a moment for you? Like, was it a nice moment for him to give... Oh, him? mate, no way lie. Because I, 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 this is, I was texting Dom, like he texted me after he watched the show, and I, I've been thinking about doing one of those uh, white-collar boxing things uh, for a bit of fitness, and I was thinking the other day about my entrance view. I was like, I definitely would use Miseria Cantor. And then, because you got the guts with the whole... I know, like Kenny Omega stole it with his do 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 do, but like, yeah, originally it's, there's the crowd banging on the ra the rail. <laughs> yeah. I actually had the album as well, like, but, but that's he's the that's the one of the reasons I started this, uh, watching CM Punk because he was coming out with, like a bouncing souls hoodie and uh, to AFI, and like they were bands I liked. So it's like, from, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it was it was a moment. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that gave me all the feel. I watched it like four times. I even. My Twitter's always only tweeting about one thing, and currently it's still just only tweeting about CM Punk coming out to AFI. So I had to, I had to, I watched four episodes of Dream Team last night, I couldn't comment on them because I've still got to play the gimmick. But... Yeah, it did cause um, a bit of, um, bit of a fuss on the internet, didn't it? I, again, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, because people are dickheads. Yeah, I'm not sure why, because <laughs> I, I never saw any of the negativity. Maybe I've just got it all cut off from mine, but it, it just felt like what, I didn't see that. What were people upset about? So apparently, like people are like, oh, this is a, uh, you know, this AEW are playing to too many old school. Not everyone's watched Ring of Honor. It's uh, like, well, does that make a difference? What? Who says that? That's absolutely. No, loads of, like loads of people because I've seen I've seen people defend it because the people I know on Twitter are more like are more like minded. I mean, it's like well, even if you didn't know what it was, it's just a, it's a cool entrant. B, like Excalibur, like explained it. He didn't, and then someone was like, "Yeah, he didn't say it straight away." Yeah, because he, he let they let it sink in. They like they let the moment sink in. Like we we've, we've talked about this on this podcast before. How like, like WWE commentary is more like straight away beating you over the head with what's happening. This is happening. This is happening. Whereas like AEW, especially like Scalibur, they'll, they'll let that moment sink in. Like when Punk came out, I think it was the I remember the thing I mentioned this. But you let the moment sink in and let the crowd and let the, the viewer see it, and then you explain it. Like you don't have to go in straight away. And, and there's people in there going, why didn't know what was going on? But, yeah, but does that ruin the match for you? Does that ruin the moment? Like, oh, he didn't come out to cold personality. Yeah, but MJF had already used that as part of the heel tactic. So I don't know. But I bloody loved it, and I don't care about the people who don't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely caused the fuss. It definitely caused the fuss, rightly or wrongly. Um, or wrongly, in my opinion. But it's the kind of person that gets upset by that is upset, then that makes me happy because I want yeah. people who would be upset <laughs> like that to be upset. No, I get it, um, yeah. yeah. I thought it was incredible. I, like, I, I, that was one of my moments of the show. And funnily enough, I was thinking about I was thinking about you and Dom when it was happening, thinking like I'm I'm marking out. I bet those guys are. And also, like, well done to AW because I just thought the whole entrance was produced really well as well. So it was just it was just fantastic how just yes. the whole the, the whole piece. I, I know we're a bit out of. Well, I know that we don't necessarily do things in chronological order, but that whole, I think, that the presentation of that match from start to end and the and the Wardlow piece, the crowd for for Wardlow's turn was unbelievable. I thought. I mean, his his pop on winning it, I thought was. I mean, he's he seems like legit over Wardlow and like, but that I thought it was probably the loudest point in the show, maybe even louder than than Regal for for the Wardlow turn. It was just a. Uh, yeah, just everything about that match, the, the set piece and the presentation of it was just, yeah, chef's kiss. Yeah, that Wardlow yeah. moment felt felt like a big moment that's going to be played a lot, right? Like when AEW gets to the point of like the best turns in AEW history, or like that's <laughs> going to be on every list. Like it felt, it felt like a massive moment. Yeah, he's facially amazing, isn't he? 
Like, I mean, obviously he's, yeah. he's impressive in the ring. I don't know. It seems like he's got some sort of like even like you you can see everyone's seen it coming. It's similar to what like with I was it MJF and Cody. You knew it was happening at some point. But like he'd be coming down to the ring. He'd be giving that sort of shrug, like oh, you want me to do this again? But I think the story played him perfectly. Now he'd won the brass ring. He he didn't have to rely on MJF for his contract. That to me, like it made perfect sense to do it now because now he's got his own contract because he's got a, a a title shot whether MJF sacks him or not. Yeah, and I just think if I if I was booking it, I think it, I would have like waited for it to be him and MGF in the ring, and he'd have almost did, done something like like not copying the Batista thing, but something of that same ilk, and and kind of play it out that way. But that's why I'm in an office job and not booking a wrestling company because that is the lazy and hackneyed way to do it. The fact that they just did it same night and did it in the way they did was just like a real fresh way to do that turn. And I think it was just it was ambitious, and it could have like like I'm surprised that there was some people like some wrong people kind of pushing back on it because it was so kind of unexpected and straight away and done in that way but i thought it was just fa- they, they just nailed it and i was just yeah so impressed both with some, the, some people the didn't like it the they didn't understand cm punk's theme tune <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah. the classic isn't it also, <laughs> they still don't understand it they're watching dynamite this week and like a tag, like a, a tag team with completely different people it's like i still can't follow it because i just don't yet understand what CM Punk's entrance music was like. punk, punk also bled a unhealthy amount i mean that yeah. first 10 minutes of the match i was like they're gonna stop this aren't they like the amount of blood uh, it worked out in the end obviously by hook or by crook he stemmed the flow of that blood but um God damn, that opening 10. I was a bit worried for him. But overall, yeah, equally as in love with this. James, did you have a favourite match that wasn't that? Uh, yeah, it was the... Well, I say it was. it's hard, but I fucking love that tag match. The yeah. three-way? Like, yeah. Sorry, obviously, like, yeah, the yeah the two-on-two-on-two on two on two as opposed to the three-on-three, three, which, don't be wrong, was, was good. I say, everyone knows I love Red Dragon. But watching that match... They made Jungle Boy look like the absolute star of that match. The Bucks and, Drag- Red- and Red Dragon. And like, Luchasaurus had some big moments as well. But Jungle Boy, like, everything I've sort of remembered about the match, obviously now forgotten because it's four days later. But the next day, was just like Jungle Boy came out looking like an absolute star. I don't know, but that That's was my That's a real opinion, fair but... point. But my takeaway was, man, is Luchasaurus the best hot tag in the business right now? My God, I can't remember the... Again, it's been a few days since, but I remember him getting a hot tag at one point and being like... That is incredible the way he took all four guys out. Yeah, it was it was non-stop action, weren't it? It was really great. I, Brum, uh, I was equally like it or I was, was going to say, James, just jump in. I was just, yeah, because yeah, I thought the way yeah the way they put the the feud was been it's been pretty much Red Dragon and the Young Bucks as the feud, but the the friendly feud which played out in the storyline, especially at the start, they tag each other in to keep on beating the others up. But I thought they made Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy Just Express look a lot more credible champions. They didn't, they didn't sneak a win. It wasn't like they snuck a win when Red Dragon and Young Bucks finally broke down. They held their own the whole match and they won the match. I mean, now, yeah, I've probably forgotten. They did sneak. Well, they didn't sneak a win today. Like, I'm not misremembering. But, it, you know, they, they, I thought it made them a lot like, you know, I know they've beaten like the, the all time greats, like the Gun Club. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they've had a couple of defenses, but that's basically wrestling two of the, well, probably in my opinion, possibly the two best tag teams in the last 10 years you throw them but and I'm sure there's others but you know two of my favourites for certain and they've come out looking like the best team like it's not like they were they're just a hold over I thought they were going to drop the belts and they were just sort of champions for a bit and now I think yeah it, I thought it gave their reign credibility beyond what it was before yeah I think my only text is one yeah Jungle Boy is going to be a mega star isn't he it just shows how good a yet another AW card was that I mentioned three matches at the, at the, at the top um, and that wasn't one of them and yet it was a brilliant match and I've got no negative things to say about it but just again just shows how deep that card was Well speaking of uh, positives Brum I could absolutely guess what your favourite moment was probably going to be is it William Regal reuniting his boys Mox and Brian and being a, a naughty dinner lady when you did it. I just think sometimes, like, I, I don't know if I was in, like, a fantasy booking fever dream or if it was actually happening. Because it's like, if I... It was just, like, just a, just a dream. Like, because I was... Back in my wild youth, well, I wasn't young then, really. I used to do the weekly write-ups for PW Torch for FCW for a, a bit, not long. I watched 
every pretty much every single FCW TV episode that aired. Um, I used to get it off the naughty internet and I watched all of it. So the the Mox Regal rivalry was fucking brilliant at the time. Um, what well, that still is holds up. It was just absolutely amazing. So having those guys indirectly unite and obviously Dragon and Regal unite, and I'm just such a, a Regal obsessive that to have him here in this situation, just everything about it is brilliant. And the whole segment, all three of them just played their roles fantastically. We may get to Dynamite later, which was a, you know, a, a similar story, but I just think that it was just absolutely, just absolutely wonderful. Um, the match itself as well. I'm, I'm glad that they didn't go longer than 20. I think that was probably about the right time for the for the match. And it was, again, just a, a really enjoyable, aggressive, vicious wrestling match. And just Regal coming out. Also, you realise in that situation that like, Regal's massive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah, he just he just played that role so good. Uh, just, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It was, it was my favourite moment of, of the card, of what a brilliant wrestling card was. But that was just, I mean, I don't know what else they could have put on for me, for me to prefer it. Maybe if they had like a Robbie Fowler juggling segment at some point, but I think apart from that, I can't really see what what I could have got more than Regal returning and uniting Dragon and and, and also what's the ma- uh, Dragon and Ambrose and what uh, sorry, Dragon and Mox and what's amazing about it as well is it was so obvious and yet you just didn't see it coming. But I'm sure some people did, but like we knew that Regal was at least we knew. I guess there was always a chance, but no, like it was just a massive surprise. And yet, when you look back on the story, you think, oh yeah, obviously that makes complete sense that he would be the person to unite them and they are going to unite and it's not just going to be a one-off. And that is actually, in narrative storytelling, in any medium, that is exactly what you want to land. A surprise that actually, in retrospect, makes complete sense and it's just so narratively tight, but is yet still beautiful and interesting. And and it's not just a surprise in, oh, I didn't see that coming, but it's a surprise in, oh my God, I didn't realise I want that to happen, but it's the thing I most wanted to happen, and it did. And yet I didn't see it coming, but I should have done. Basically, I like the segment. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it had been like knocked about. And I don't know if I'd have thought of it or if I subconsciously read it on Twitter and just thought it was my own idea. But a Moxley-Danielson tag team was was on the horizon, right? But throwing Regal in as the, the kind of um, Paul Ellering role for this tag team. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Put them against anyone and I'm all in. So I'm with you in that, and I I was really hoping they'd go down and we'll fight, get respect, we'll be a heel tag team. I don't know if they're heel or face. I have to say I haven't seen the Dynamite match yet, but yeah, to throw yeah the re I did not see the Regal thing coming. Uh, I thought that was so well done, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to uh, see it, seeing where it goes. As I say Danielson's just he's, good at wrestling. Good at wrestling. Would you say he's, he's good, good at wrestling? Yeah, he's good at all the things. Isn't he like, <laughs> yeah, I think he's alright. No, yeah. Callum Newman. <laughs> He's getting up there with, with He's... legends like Newman, Landon, <laughs> Sessions. Um, lads, any more um, hot takes on the show? There was so many other matches. I mean, we've only can, covered a yeah, few. Yeah, I've, I've got like a... What I, what I saw so night in, day out at the wrestling at Bournemouth. Had a few beers, stayed around for a couple afterwards with yourself. You even got me into a place when must must not be named. Um, but then, so I've gone home. Like, Ross was going to come around to watch. He was being tired. So I, I didn't drink for the show. Which I know will surprise many people, but um, and uh, so I watched the Layla Hurst Chris Statlander match. Mm. I thought was very good. Then fell asleep and woke up just as the show was starting. So I missed Hook and QT Marshall, and which was a par- and apparently a banging six man. So I haven't caught up on yet. But um, I was like, oh, I'll watch. I'll see what the first match is, and I'll go to bed and I'll catch up in the morning. First match, Jericho Kingston. Oh, well, I'm watching that. See what the next match is. Tag match. Oh, well, I'm watching that. Next was next. The, the face of revolution. Next, I think was third. The ladder match was third. I think. I was like, oh, okay, I'm watching that. Next. Yeah. Oh, oh, what's next? Oh, Jay Cargill, Ty Conti. Oh, yeah, I'll watch that next. Oh, CM Punk. Oh, literally, like until like you chuck out Sting on my TV at four in the morning. I'm not going to bed. So like, I didn't go to bed until Sting and Matt Hardy came out. And even that, I watched like as I was in bed because it takes me a while to fall asleep. And that was good. To be fair to him, like fair to the old man. He, you know, they've had a little bit of a, a high-paced banger there with, with those boys. So the only match I didn't watch live was the main event. I was like, oh, I'm just dead now. And I watched that the next day. And, you know, it was, yeah, a good match. But that, it was just how stacked the card was, was ridiculous. So I was yeah. literally wanting to go to bed after, before every match. But, oh, no, got to watch it. 
I know a lot of people are like, oh, this is card too long. There's too many good matches. Fuck off. <laughs> like, too many good matches. Oh, I just, want, I just want a three-match card. I want all of them to be shit. Oh, yeah. Can you throw in <laughs> fucking some crappy match in the middle? Like, the problem oh. is, the problem is they do that cool-down match, right? Do you remember the last show they did? They did the cool-down with Big Show and QT. And everyone went, why is this on the card? <laughs> so they can't win, can they? Um, no, they can't win. They can't win. And like, I, 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 I've seen some people on Twitter, like my friends, be like, oh, yeah, it'd be great if this was, if you know, each match was five minutes shorter. Just sort off. Like, I mean, I watched it fresh the next day, so I'm going to say it was great. But um, my favourite match was uh, one one of the ones, Brumman, you've just said. I think, that's wor- I think that's worse, mainly. What? Is they're shorter? But I think it's worse if you watch it non-line. Because it's, no, no, if it's oh. a longer match and you know, and you say when you load up that pay-per-view thing, it says yeah. four hours. And you're like, oh. well, well I shouldn't. Like, I should, that's why I prefer to watch. It I shouldn't expose myself for watching on the dark web, but uh, they <laughs> give you it in one-hour segments, so you don't <laughs> know how long the show is, mate. But um, <laughs> Kingston Jericho, um, I thought it was a great moment for Eddie. Like he's he's always been painted now as, and probably quite rightly, considering the results he's had as a nearly man, and to see him get a victory over a massive established star was a really brilliant moment. And the way he sold it as well, not even believing it himself that he'd got the victory. Just absolute chef's kiss for that. Incredible. Big fan. Uh, yeah. Big, big fan. Brum, you love that as well. Uh, Chris, Chris, Chris Jericho yeah, yeah, got another... shape, quick, didn't he, as well? Yeah, he looked amazing, didn't he? He looked incredible. Yeah, it looks amazing. And it's paying off in his ring work. That is the, that's for me, the the best, easily his best singles match of his AW career. And... Must be, uh, yeah, best match since, for me, since probably Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, better, I preferred it to the Naito and Tana matches. I, I just thought it was... I say the best match since Shawn Michaels. And another Eddie Kingston pay-per-view banger. Like, he's just just incredible. And, the, the, and my pay-per-view favorite, my opener, right? It's not even his first opener either, is it? He opened with... Uh, did yeah. he open with Miro? That was another yeah. great opener. Sorry, Brian, you were saying... With Punk, that wasn't... No, no, true. Oh, I was just going to say the um the, the stretch was my favourite like mini spot was the the mist uh Judas effect into the backfist of the future that was lovely and also just obviously it's like well, I don't like Kawada as much as as Eddie does but but in pulling out the stretch plum um yeah. was lovely I don't think I've actually no. seen him use it as a finish before the stretch plum so that was quite cool. Yeah, actually, I'll tell you what, while we talk about the stretch plum, here's a quick VH1 did you know. Do you know that Kawada isn't the uh, the guy that invented that move? And like most cool moves, it's uh, a Joshi Plumerico. So there you go. Basically, AW is fantastic as always. Ross isn't here to tell us all the things they did wrong. But um, generally, where are we at with AW? We're still thinking it's probably the strongest top to bottom wrestling company going right now? Although, I mean, yeah. there is nothing yes. even anywhere close. I mean, so, I mean, we get we're getting into all time conversations already. You know, we're talking about, you know, how, it, the question is, how does it compare to all Japan nineteen ninety to ninety five? How does it com- compare? I'll never to know. The, the first, the first few years of of Noah. How does it compare to ROH two thousand and three to two thousand eight? How does it compare <laughs> to New Japan from what Wrestle Kingdom eight to Wrestle Kingdom eleven? Can I like, say? What, what, can I say something based on that? I listen. To some other podcasts, one of which Grapple Podcast, they obviously are affiliated with a app app based rating match rating app, and they said this show had at time of when they recorded five matches over four stars, and they there was nothing even like Wrestle Kingdoms at the peak New Japan were getting like two or three of that caliber. And they didn't have quite the peak, but they didn't have quite like a four point eight star consistent quality of that high quality and that's why i thought watching the show and obviously it is so hard to find to think of anything that's been this good for i mean obviously not everyone likes it but for me it's i say it's reinvigorated my enjoyment of wrestling and that's a testament in itself that it dragged you back in like godfather part three (laughs) um yeah just just i'm not a film man i haven't seen godfather part one yet I've got a few quick takes for you wrap up, Matt. I thought, um, like, the Jade Cargill seems really over 
Like I know that she's she's still a bit green in ring wise, and that's no knock on her. She's just not been doing it for long. But her presence is amazing, and the crowd, even though she's like a heel, like see her as an impressive and charismatic talent. So I think she could have a massive upside. People um, are just buying in on the, that streak, right? People are really buying in on that. I feel. I love that match. So I I thought Conte was really good. Conte, Conte. We'll call her Conte because she puts Tay in all our moves. But um, <laughs> apparently, it really went seven minutes that match and I watched it I was like I really enjoy this it's great I think it um, achieved everything it needed to in seven minutes didn't it I'm not out there going oh they can quite execute that I was like shit oh big move bang cool really oh good use of Anna J great yeah smack on the head love it big knee yes just a train of thought of me watching a Thai content match <laughs> Yeah. My, my Sorry, team, my team, my, no, no problem at all, mate. My, I always love to hear your stream of consciousness on Take On Two Matches. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the, my only two knocks on the card. And again, this is, this is very minor, but first one was, I know that they're going to leave it until in San Antonio, our hometown, but I think they should have pulled the trigger on Thunder Rosa and yeah. um, the pay-per-view. I think it was just... Yeah, it was a bit of a end up being a bit of a nothing match, and, and I think probably maybe they both held back a little bit. And I think if that was the title change match, I think it'd have been perfect timing and have pushed the card up even further. Again, it's not 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 a big knock. And the other one was I have mixed feelings on the main event. Positives being you know incredibly technically well executed, well paced match, and managed to go sub thirty minutes, which I didn't necessarily think it would have done. Um, <laughs> also made Paige look a, like a proper champion, but. It was just all a bit AEW does take over main event for me. And and as much as I adored many of those, and maybe actually when I was giving the run through of, of all the peak promotions at whatever five minutes ago, I maybe did NXT a bit of a dirty because their, their yeah, peak run takeovers. One. Yeah, their peak run of takeovers are incredible. And and this isn't an anti-NXT thing. I, I adored it at its peak. And and it is literally just interestingly similar reasons for the new Japan main event scene. Um, that that style that I mean obviously they're different but the takeover style I think I've just seen so many of them now I just don't think I've got another one in me and that's what it was I just didn't yeah I just I just couldn't really buy into it because it just felt like and again no knock on Adam Cole who's an incredible all-round talent I was going to say there's a common denominator there there is yeah unfortunately (laughs) but I hate I hate to say it because it's unbelievably complained about someone who's got such a talent and put on those matches but it's just that format and that you know the overly crazy yeah it's just something that I was just a bit like oh and it's actually why Adam Cole main events I just just don't think I've got another in me I think I'd really like just to see it mix it up I'd love to see him and you know when like him just have like an, a 10 minute crazy sprint with no kickouts against someone because he could deliver it. He's an incredibly talented guy. It's just, I don't, for whatever reason, it's just, he, he seems to wrestle one style of match at the, at the moment in the main events. And it's just, it's a bit too, too much for me. The, the other minor issue I had with that was the crowd booing Paige. I, I don't know if it was because they're in Orlando or because when he did the kind of the rope tie spot, they didn't realise it was a, a callback to Dynamite. But I felt that was a bit frustrating because he is their, like, literally blue-eyed baby face, isn't he? So, yeah. I think that's I more of someone a, on Twitter a saying... Problem, I, I, I saw someone on Twitter. I don't follow this account. It's called Cringe Wrestling Takes. It basically just calls out people with terrible takes. And someone had literally wrote, Adam Cole coming out with a rainbow flag, not cheering for you anymore. And this guy, like, you're like, yeah, you're a knob. It's just like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like some people would be just because, just because of like that, they'd be like, oh, we're gonna. It's the ridiculousness of the world that we live in. I think it's a modern wrestling problem, like with the NXT show as well. Like the Rascals or MSK is now known. They're still getting booed. They're doing everything babyface. I think Adam Cole is just so super popular that unfortunately there's always going to be a corner of that crowd that are still going to cheer him. I mean, as long as those fans have a good time, I guess it's not at the end of the world. Paige is still clearly the baby face. But yeah, I noticed that as well, Brom. But what do we think overall, though? Uh, great show, lads. We, we, we're loving AW, right? Parker, yeah. Are we ready for some uh, I'd be bingo? shocked if we got... I say, if he gets beaten for show of the year, we're going to see a bloody good show somewhere else time of year. Next Ignite Bar and Wood show, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Banks versus Forrest Hayes is going to absolutely show you to be a <laughs> fool, James. Are we ready for some Booker Bingo, lads? B-I-N-G-O and Bingo was his name-o.
Okay. Book of Bingo, we have. Right, I'm going to do the Book of Bingo now. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> um, okay, this is the match of his phone now. We have Lever Bates versus Fabian Eichner. Is that. Is I've that... got one. I've got one. Oh. Go, go. Okay, go. Lever Bates it. versus Fabian Eichner, James. Come on. Okay, so we've got a big few. We've got Lever Bates. AKA Blue Pants. Blue Pants. He's coming out to the ring. We've got the Blue Pants music. Blue Pants. Fabian Eichner, he's watching backstage. He's like, I'm Italian. I wear the Blue Pants in this house. And yeah, no, I fucked it. Nah, it could have gone into some relationship. Blue Pants, yeah. Brum, you can win it. See you later. <laughs> What's I that? don't have much better than that. Um, there was something there as well. There was there. No, let's just no. We've gone on too long. I'm terrible at this. But there was something in there about a relationship. I wear the blue pants in this house. Yeah, I've just fucked it up. But that was what I was thinking of, listeners. And yet again, book a bingo. <laughs> so what I'm going with is... Um, this is going to be convoluted as fuck. Lever Bates in a librarian character is in AW and she's having a chat with the other librarian, Peter Avalon. And it's like, what, what, are, you, uh, what are you reading at the moment, Peter? Oh, just, um, I'm reading a bit of um, The Prince by uh, uh, Machiavelli. Peter's is like, oh, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read that if I was you. So why, what, what, what's wrong with it? So like, well, I just Italian authors are all shit, aren't they? I wouldn't read any of their stuff. So like, what do you mean? Like all Italian authors are shit. I'm like yeah, yeah, I'm just just not into them. And that's the end of the segment. You don't really think anything about it. And then anyway, Lever Bates is is wandering around the um the library, and then. She sees a. I don't think you've ever actually got a shot of the AEW library, but in my in my idea, it's got a proper backstage library. But she keeps seeing this like a rose laid around. More interesting in it. <laughs> so anyway, so there's a and they keep seeing a rose, and it's got that proper WWE lighting where there's like a spotlight on rose, so you really know it's like Chekhov's rose. And um, and Ring the Bates is like, oh, I've got a secret admirer, a secret admirer, and then. After a few weeks, she goes to the Rose, but instead of her grabbing it, this a, a very handsome Italian bald man picks it up, and she's just like swooning over a guy that's uh, yeah, because he's really handsome, isn't he? Like, yeah. But anyway, the uh, they kind of have a few dates and stuff like that, and then they kind of she accompanies him to the ring. He wins like a four-minute squash squash match against someone. And then as she comes in the ring to kiss him, he just power bombs her and then drops the rose on her and says, you're obviously not a very good librarian, are you? Because she'd have known that rose is a reference to Umberto Eco's name of the rose, which is a classic Italian novel. <laughs> right? You might have made this book up. We're not, not going to pretend we know. You must have read Name <laughs> of the Rose. It's like a thriller set in a monastery. They made a film about it with Sean Connery. It's generally really good. I think it's from like the eighties, something like that. Yeah, there equivalent I might have seen. So then it, it builds up like they have this feud, Lever Bates and um Fabian Eichner, which name checks a lot of Italian writers that I don't know the name of. But it ends what they what it ends is that uh Fabian Eichner challenges Lever Bates to a Dante Alighieri, is that how you pronounce his name? The guy that writes the Divine Comedy? Into a seven stages of hell match. And it's like, instead of the three stages of hell, it's the literal seven stages of hell from Dante's Divine Comedy. It's, it's an absolute brutal one. Lever Bates ends up ends up winning, and um, to prove that all Italian authors are rubbish. The end is here. 
as we all know. I think um, me and James, it's a case of who's worst, isn't it? No, I think I think basically, Brom, not only did you win, but you gave us a small education. That was fantastic. I know nothing of Italian literature, and I now know one thing. There was magic in here, and I thought I, what, I, what I thought was I'll put the sort of bones out and Conman yeah. will pick it out. He'll see what I was going for, but he's been swayed by Brum using big words. I mean, Brum's got a structure and, 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 and novels that, he's, that don't exist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, James. At the start, I was like, where's this going? And then no, immediately what? thought, oh, it's going nowhere. Yeah. Um, so- <laughs> <laughs> James had one punchline and he thought the whole feud's going to be carried by I wear the blue pants in this house. And then... The yeah, but yeah, I, I, I forgot all the rest. But yeah. yeah. I, I thought the red herring with the rose and having like a romantic subplot, I, I, I thought, I thought well, that, was, that wasn't too bad for a Lever Bates, Fabian Eichner feud. I, I, Brum, I, I mean, you would have possibly won on weeks with competition. No disrespect, James, but that was... That was half an idea. Absolutely assassinated me, Colin. (laughs) I've had weeks where I've done worse than James, so I feel like I can. But James, you've got better than a punchline. Come on. There was, you jumped in too quick, I think. Give it a sec. (laughs) I should should have let Brum go first and flesh out my idea. But even every time I do that, I just wait and then just listen to his. I'm so excited. And I still come, oh shit, I haven't thought out mine. So I I thought I'd try the opposite of this one. Yeah, I think Jeff Codd's. It's gone just as well, hasn't it? Jeff Cod scarred you because I came up with the mask. Uh, yeah, that was good. That yeah. was good. I think you're going ahead a bit. Brum, you said earlier something like, and this is uh, when they were talking about a really good AEW moment. I think the Wardlow one, you wrote it slightly differently. This is why you're not booking <laughs> wrestling. I think Booker Bingo shows us, and the call-up sheet, why I am not booking wrestling in any way. <laughs> Just here for the good times. <laughs> I just love the idea that you you like get the you get the book somehow at, at AEW and they they debut baby and I and he comes in and says oh you know James this has been a real dream of mine to debut in this company and gives you like a Brendan Rogers style big book <laughs> of all his ideas and goes right this is what I want to do and like, oh no mates you you just got to fight Lever Bates because you <laughs> think that Italian should wear blue pants <laughs> and just seeing it just look really crestfallen. <laughs> Pack would have a title for years. You know what though, Eichner would still <laughs> hit whatever the, the feud is. Whatever the feud is, Eichner will still hit a beautiful springboard uppercut because that is the lads' piece de resistance. Oh yeah, he, no, he's very good. Are we done, lads? Have we? Have we? Um, we've. Well, I think we've completed wrestling this week, right? We've had a lot. Yeah, I've run out. That's I've run out of wine. Awesome. James has run I've out of wine. Brum's booked a, a Lever Bates feud with Italian literature. What more do you want? Okay. The socials. I think, I think the guys are wanting at least another thirty minutes on Barham Wood Wrestling, right? Yeah, let's give it. Let's come to ignite. Well, we can go. That's what we want. Minutes on Wood. We come to ignite. Say, what is it? May fifteenth. Uh, May fifteenth. Can't make it. I, I'd yeah. quite like to go. So if I need friends. Any of the listeners want to come with me? You should all go. Honestly, we might get a tea cake out of it. Parallel wafer. It's a great promotion. Bottle of wine. Maybe we'll do a sponsorship. Keep your sodas probably, cheap. There's a lot probably, of Arsenal fans up there. I think we've got way more followers on the socials than they've got. So maybe there can be a little fusion coming down the line. But um, you've been listening to Wrestling Should Be Fun. Uh, What's the usual sign-off? I always get it wrong. So one of you do it, the Dom thing. Drink lots of water. Drink lots of water. Look after your mates. Drink your mates. mates, Look after the water. See you later. Goodbye. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun, wrestling should be fun.